0: Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from World Radio Gardening. Well, autumn is certainly here. A time to look back and a time to look forward. Ken Crowther has caught up with Andrew Toakley on the King Seeds Garden Plot. Very autumnal, isn't it? It's a, in fact, it's a lovely morning, isn't it? It's got a, a feel of mist, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. Clear sky? Yeah, lovely day for, you know, a lovely autumn day, really doesn't the plot look different from when I last came? Now, I just revert back to other years when I've been here, and you've been picking beans well into October and beyond, haven't you? Yeah, we This have. year, I was going to say,
1: no. No, I mean, it's strange. I mean, beginning the September, you know, um, I was picking beans 15, 16 inches long, um, runner beans, but... Uh, we had then, about two weeks after that, we had those strong winds and oh, they took a batter and it didn't blow them down or anything but it, it bruised and battered anything that was there including the young ones that were coming on and they just sort of like shriveled and I've never known a year when I've had to strip down the beans so early, really, because you know, it was a waste of time leaving them there, they will just begin to go. And once the leaf is damaged as well, there's no nutrients going
0: to new beans anyway, is there?
1: No, there isn't, and um, what happens is that the actual young beans that are there, they just sort of shrivel up and don't form properly, and, and they lose their flavour, to be fair, um, so there's no point in having them there, so... Down they came. Isn't it funny how nature throws different things at us at different years, doesn't it? And uh,
0: as you quite rightly say, that's not one that you've had happen for years and years and years. Possibly. No,
1: no, it isn't. And um, you know, normally, like you say, you're, you're picking beans well into October. You sometimes get a late flush of flower, and and you can. But we've been quite dry as well. I mean, it has been a very dry autumn as well. So they haven't had the moisture. There. Okay, you can put plenty of water on, but it's not like having the good old rain to help them recover. Um, but, you know, I've still got a few French beans that I sowed late and they've just got some beans forming on them. So, hopefully, if the weather's kind, you know, we'll still have a few French beans going into October as well. Generally, what would you say
0: this year's been? Is it? I mean, because from flower point of view, all the early flower was good. I mean, would you say that it's been a very good year or an think, average year? Well, I think
1: it's been a good growing year. Very good growing year. Um I've had some very good crops this year. Um, particularly. What has been
0: your specials? Do you think that have really done well?
1: I had some fantastic sweet corn. Probably some of the best sweet corn I've had, and, and for many many years. Um, you know, most plants had two good cobs on them, and uh, good flavour, hung on well. Um, I've had some fantastic lettuces this year. As you know, I saw them every couple of weeks. And, I know we've uh, got to look uh, be, look behind <laughs> me. I mean, there's some yeah. really good ones still here. Yeah. Um, but uh, onions have been good. Uh, Certainly onion sets and the onions that I grew from seed, um, little seed onions, um, one called Santero that um, has got some mildew resistance, they perform just as well from seed as they did from sets so I think that's something I'll do again. I hadn't done that um, for many years growing them from seed so sowing those into modules early in the year and then just plant the modules out and they get away just as quick as sets really.
0: You you mentioned onions. Some years we get dreadful problems with mildews and and neck rot and things like that. Has that stayed away this year, do you think?
1: Had no downy mildew um, at all on onions and I've had uh, no, well I'll tell a lie, I had a little bit of downy mildew just on a few spring onions but that was very towards the end of when they were there but not enough to affect the crop. Um, But... uh, had no blight on potatoes, you know, they, they kept clean, um, Some good and a good crop of potatoes as well uh, this year, which I only lifted recently. And uh, tomatoes, until a week or so ago, we had no blight on tomatoes outside. So
0: really, generally, a great year, and it's nice to see that you've got crops coming on because you've got some
1: winter crops, you've got your sprouts over there.
0: Anything else that you're going to put in for the winter yet?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously we've got the the sprouts you say, I've got some savoys and sprout and broccoli and uh, um, some winter cauliflowers that I've got already in the ground, um, all growing. I should be planting out a few spring cabbage in a few weeks, um, as well as some winter lettuce, so planting now, so they will come in very early next spring so they'll sit outside all through the winter, um, as well as um, some spring onions, so um, I've got some spring onions that I've done the same way as I've do normally, winter spring onions, um, I normally sow those into modules um, for the s- summer ones. So I thought, well, I'll give it a go and try it for the autumn ones, um, easier than direct sowing into the ground, and then I can plant those out um, as and when I've got a piece of ground ready. What lettuce do you use for winter lettuce then? It'd be winter density. Um, still a good one? Still a good one. It's not met- The problem is with winter lettuces, it's only really gardeners that would do it. You wouldn't see a commercial guy growing winter lettuce. If he was, he'd be growing lettuce under glass through the winter. Um, but outside, you can grow a winter density, or there's Arctic King as well. Um, one's a cost-type lettuce, one's a cabbage-type lettuce. And um, But you can sow those. OK, you might need to put a little cloche over them just to keep the worst of the winter off, but it just gives you a little bit of early lettuce early in the year.
0: And you mentioned spring cabbage. Um, of course, we've seen varieties of that change over the years, haven't we? We have,
1: yeah. I'm growing Spring Hero, um, which is a round spring cabbage. Which the only reason I'm growing that is because it will come in a lot earlier. It's a hybrid, and you know you can grow one of the old-fashioned OPs like Wheelers Imperial or Flower Spring or something like that, but. They stand on your ground for a long while. They'll make you a big cabbage, but they're a long while producing the heart. And you heart. want
0: it clear, ready to go again. I want. You? I, want <laughs> I want
1: a spring cabbage that's going to produce me a spring cabbage. You know, it'll be about the size of a small football. I can eat. Um, clear the ground and start, like you say, again on on that piece of ground.
0: And that's what's funny, isn't it? There we are talking about next year already, aren't we?
1: We are. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, you've got your winter crops, you know, and I've got carrots there under a a nice uh, fleece tunnel there that will be ready to harvest for Christmas that were sown in June and that's what they were planned for and with gardening people it's funny how you see people with allotment they'll go to like mad early in the year and then they've got a lot of bare ground they don't think that you've got to have crops that keep coming on all the way through and if a bit of luck you know I won't be buying any carrots for a long long time and certainly I'll have plenty of winter greens. Ken
0: speaking to Andrew
1: Tokely on the King's Seeds Garden Plot. So that's vegetables. What about
0: the flowers? Now, I've walked across the veg plots with uh, Andrew, and uh, Andrew... Particularly, you've increased your
1: flowers that you've grown this year, haven't you? Yeah, I grew a few extra flowers for cutting. Um, So I've always grown a few croissants and uh, they've been good this year. They're doing
0: looking good still.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're still okay. Um, I grew some status, which has been nice um, to cut and uh, to use as a filler in some vases. Um, A few asters, um, that's one called Duchess Mixed, Um, just going over now. And some zinnias. And this has been a you know, the year this year's been a great year for zinnias because it's been warm, you know, it's been hot. No mildew. No mildew. No. <laughs> um so again I grew a taller varieties so that you can actually use them for cutting some of the um nice sort of dahlia flower types. Yeah, and it's got some pinks, oranges, some reds in there. It's looking,
0: they're looking still looking a few few good cut- Yeah, there's cuts still in, a few there.
1: there. Still food there. You can cut a few flowers off, um sort of hanging on, hopefully that I can supply food to a lady or I give some to for the harvest festival so um, yeah that'll be be okay. With status do you keep them dry or do you only use them as a cup? I only use them fresh but I mean yes you can use them dry I know some people who um, I give them them to they hang them up and keep them as a dry flower. Now next to that you've got a fantastic show now I mean
0: Here we are, it is autumn, and we're well into autumn, but wow, tomatoes, reds, oranges, they're all coming through, aren't they?
1: Yeah, fantastic crop of um, outdoor tomatoes. Who says you can't grow outdoor tomatoes, you know? (laughs) Um, And this is really... I grew these, one, for, for myself to eat, but two, I always do a little bit of a trial with these because, as you know, the biggest problem with growing tomatoes is blight. Anybody outside who's tried to grow tomatoes, they'll, you know if there's blight about, they'll get them. So what I did, I planted out um, some varieties that are blight resistant, as they say, and amongst those I've put uh, old favourites like Gardeners Delight and another variety that I was looking at, one called Sugar Baby. And both of those have got blight, and that's what I wanted really, so that they got blight amongst the other ones that, so that are supposed to be resistant. Blight. So yeah. you can just see how resistant they are, and they they are. really are. There's, they no, are.
0: there's no blight on any of those. Yeah. Now take us through some of those varieties, but I mean, just each one. I mean, massive um, truss of tomatoes on all of them. Yeah. What, what what are the first? Well, ones the main
1: one. The main um block of those is a variety called Mountain Magic. Now Mountain Magic's been out a- around now for two or three years and um, does claim to be most blight resistant. I've grown it now for a couple of years and I've never had blight on it and, um, and it's still show the thing with it is it's got a good skin, um, good flavour And it has got resistance to the latest strains of blight, because as you know, they They, they change. And that's the problem, isn't it, that that
0: all breeders are having, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, what we should say, they're not blight resistant, they've shown tolerance against blight. Because, like when we go every year and have a flu jab, they give you a flu jab to what they think the flu will be that year. With blight, if a new strain of blight comes along, nothing there's nothing you can do. But at the moment, that is the most blight-resistant tomato you will have for the blights that are around at the moment. So Mountain Magic is a good one. Good-sized good size tomatoes, aren't they?
0: I mean, you've got some there, what, a couple of inches across?
1: Yeah, and they do form a slight um, point towards the bottom yep. of the fruit, But that's, you know, but they are a good flavour, which is good. What's the next one there, then? Well, it's there's a much smaller tomato. Yeah, there's a smaller one which I'm trialing out, one called Red Pearl, and that came out of the um, USA. And uh, again, they claim it's got some blight resistance. At the moment, it has. and it's Looking good. Yeah, and you know, for a small plum tomato and a good flavour, so like you would say if you went into the supermarkets, you can buy these small plums on a vine, that sort of sized tomato. Um, and uh, you know, showing good blight resistance at the moment. Then on from that, there's a cocktail type or a a small cherry um, that, again, is a trial. It's only under a number at the moment that I'm looking at. Um, So hopefully in a couple of years, there'll be a a cherry and a a, um, plum type that will go alongside Mountain Magic that we'll be able to offer um, to to customers to grow a good range of blight-resistant tomatoes outside. The one from
0: America, you said, is called... Red Pearl. So, is that out already or not out it's, yet it's, for it's, us here in the UK? It's
1: out commercially, um, in other words, for the grower, yep. um, but it's not yet out, as far as I'm aware, in any mail order catalogues. So, a king's looking at that. We're one? looking at that. that. That's one of the reasons why we do this, really. Um, we like to see how it performs in our own backyard before we'll actually go because. Not being funny, the blight that's in America could be different to the blight that we have here, so that's why we test it out. And um, actually, I was talking to the breeder of the variety the other week, and he he didn't think it was as blight resistant as it is. I said, "Well, I can come and show you it, it is because I've got it there um, on my own trial." So, which to me is the proof of the pudding, really. And there's a few others in there that we're looking at as well. You can see there's a beefsteak type there. Yeah, it's um, it's a makes a big fruit it doesn't crop very well in the UK um, so I don't think we'll go with that. It's got some good blight resistance but it doesn't um, fruit early enough in the UK. No it's very green that that's one right. isn't it. Yeah, very so, green so that's not going to really work you know again that's uh, that's a variety that came out of France um, but uh, that they have hotter time temperatures and we do so it would ripen up a lot quicker than what it does here so but if you don't try these things you won't know and that's why um, it's good when you can grow on an allotment site like this because if someone gets blight or someone gets a disease it will spread through the whole site Yeah, and that's a good test whereas if you grew this in isolation on a a field in the middle of nowhere you're not going to get that sort of so it's a good way to test for home gardeners.
0: Ken Crowther speaking to Andrew Tokley on the King Seeds garden plot. Well, winter threatens, but there's still plenty to be done before it arrives. But when you do get round to putting your feet up and having a bit of a break, visit our website once again here at World Radio Gardening and listen to the next podcast. Thank you for listening to this one.